Welcome back to the Tycanes Podcast. This week, we're going to cover the business cycle. Some people say it's caused by private investment, while others are saying it's by government spending. You could say it's endogenous or exogenous. We're going to find that out and more. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the podcast. I haven't canceled myself yet, and this is cancel culture. Now, I'm going to talk about the business cycle today and how I learned it, I guess, how I understand it, and how I believe it is caused. Now, I guess I'm going to start with fucking social media. So I was trying to educate somebody from a mathematical perspective on how the business cycle works at its root. And I believe the business cycle at its root um, comes from the private sector. Now, I'm going to get a lot of probably negative feedback saying, well, no, it's when the fucking government stops spending and it goes into surpluses, it drives us into recession. Now, there is a, there is a part of economics that says that's the cause, that's the driver of the business cycle. Well, I hate to fucking break it to you. It's not. It's simple correlation. Okay, so getting to the top of the peak in the business cycle, government finds itself spending a whole lot and not collecting a lot of taxes. Now, it's a simple balancing method. MMT is right. It doesn't really fucking matter. But nonetheless, the behavior at that point for government is to slow down spending. Meanwhile, we're at the top of that business cycle anyways, and we're about to crest and go over. Okay, that's correlation. That's correlation, correlation, not causation. Big fucking difference. So what I use and what I learned is really Richard Goodwin. Richard Goodwin described Marx's class struggle, essentially, between capitalists and workers. Profit and wages. Now, Marx couldn't do math. He was not a fucking mathematician. Visionary? Yes. Mathematician? Fucking no. Not a fucking chance. What Goodwin did was came along and on his around 100th year uh, birthday of capital, I believe it was, in 1965-66, he wrote a paper. And in this paper, he used the predator-prey model, which is another dynamic model showing two species, one being a predator, one being a prey, uh, in a dynamic battle, causing oscillations. Um, Richard um, Goodwin was able to mathematically represent what Marx was saying. So I think at this point, I try to stay away from fucking math while I do this podcast, but I'm going to have to do it. So we're going to start with capital. There's capital, and we're dealing with just the private sector. We'll get to the government, public sector in a moment, foreign sector. We'll get to that. Just hear me out. We have the stock of capital, okay? The stock of capital is machinery, factories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? From the stock of capital, we get output. Mathematically, we need what's called an accelerator. That accelerator we'll call the um, capital output ratio, okay? So we take capital, divide it by the capital output ratio, 
And let's say the capital output ratio is three. Okay, so that means if there's, let's say, 300 units of capital, that means in one year, there's going to be a 100 um, output. So capital divided by the capital output ratio equals output. Okay, follow me so far. Next, in this Goodwin model, he had labor productivity. Output divided by labor productivity equals labor. Now, I was challenged on fucking Twitter by somebody I thought I liked, don't know if I fucking like him anymore. And he said, well, aren't you supposed to multiply that? As an engineer, that doesn't, if you've got, you've got so many uh, things of productivity, you've got to times that by output to get your amount of labor. And this is from a guy that claims he is an engineer. Well, guess what? In engineering, we have what's called a time constant. What do you do with time constants? Uh, engineers out there watching this, you divide. You divide with it. You don't multiply with it. Why do you divide with it? Because all your vari variables have units attached. So capital has a unit of dollars, okay? Follow me so far? The capital output ratio has a unit of years. So that means output is going to be dollars per year. Now, the labor productivity variable is dollars per workers per year. If you were to multiply that with dollars per year, you would get dollars, dollars year per worker per year. Doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like adding three pounds to 15 miles. You just don't do it. But what you do do is you use that as a time constant and you divide it. Okay, and in that case, if you divide dollars per year by dollars per worker per year, you get workers. Workers are your labor. So output divided by labor productivity equals labor, and its unit is workers. Okay, this was the battle I had with somebody who claimed he's a fucking engineer, right? And engineers are a hell of a lot smarter than economists. Sorry, economists out there watching. And if you're a heterodox economist, well, make sure you're following the, the real true heterodox economists and you won't feel like I'm tearing into you. Okay? So you've got labor. Now in this Goodwin model, you want to uh, get a what's called a labor ratio. Not unemployment, but the percent of the population that's working. Well, that's simple. You create N. And N is population. And we'll get population, a unit of workers. So now we take labor divided by population, both the units of worker, and we get the employment ratio. Ratios are always dimensionalist. Okay, so it cancels each other out. There's no unit attached to um, the employment ratio. With that, you can feed it into what a lot of people like to call a Phillips curve. And it's more truer than the mainstream rendition of a Phillips curve that says there is an inverse relationship between unemployment and prices. Well, in the Phillips curve for um, the Goodwin model, it's a relationship between employment and the change in wages. So it's a little more truer to Bill Phillips. Okay. The mainstream gets the Phillips curves wrong. That is uh, Milton Friedman fuckery. Going to be honest here. Milton Friedman fuckery. 
So Goodwin decided, you know what? A linear function will be fine. So that just means it's a straight line, this function. So the higher there is with employment, the employment ratio is higher. Wage, the wage change is going to be higher. And he made a simple linear function. Now, if you want to really expand this model, you can make a non-linear function. But this model was for illustration of the business cycle. So with this function, you get a wage change multiplier. Okay? So now you create another stock. And this stock is called wages. Wages has got a unit of dollars per worker per year. Your multiplier is dimensionless. It has no units. So you take the multiplier, the wage change multiplier, and you multiply it with wages. Okay? And that gives you your wage change. You integrate that. This is where it comes to ordinary differential equations. Not going to get into that. But basically, wages is a stock, and the wage change is the flow. So it's changing the level of the stock. Okay, so now we've got wages changing based on the amounts of employment in this two-sector economy, okay, which is firms and workers. So now you want to find out what are the aggregate wages of the uh, economy. Well, that's simple to do. You take labor, you take the labor variable, and you times it with wages, and you get aggregate wages, or you can call it the wage bill, Okay. So now, now you want to take it a step further. And this model is by no means supposed to represent a quantitative. Uh, you can't just quantify an economy with this model. It's just a very base model, but it explains the business cycle. So now you want to take aggregate wages. What you want to do is you want to take your output. You take output, which is dollars per year, and aggregate uh, wages, which is dollars per year. You're wondering, well, how did, how did uh, wages, which is dollars per worker per year, turn into um, aggregate wages, which is dollars per year? Well, that's simple. When you take the labor variable, which is uh, a unit of workers, and you times it by dollars per workers per year, it cancels out the worker, and you're left with dollars per year. So you take output, and you minus... Um, the wage bill, aggregate wages. That gives you profit in this model. Okay, we don't have interest. We don't have any of that. Steve Keen came along, took the base of this model, and did his uh, model adding a banking sector. We're not doing that for illustration right now because it doesn't change anything with the business cycle. It'll cause instability later on with high debt levels. And when you go to change the interest rate, push it up, you're going to run into a breakdown, debt deflation, that's another story. So now we've got profit. And Goodwin decided, okay, you know what? To simplify this very easily, I'm just going to say all profits are invested. Okay? Now, in the real economy, yes, uh, companies will do buybacks, share buybacks, pay out dividends, etc., etc., etc. But in this model, we're just going to assume that all profits are invested. Because that's what happens in the uh, economy is a part of the profits are invested. So it's not going to change the dynamic aspect of this model. With investment, what do we do? It completes the loop. We integrate it back into capital. This causes an oscillation. So what, what happens is wages start to climb by being having a larger amount of workers because the capital stock has grown. 
Okay, there's more output because of a larger capital stock means there's more labor, which means the function says there's a higher wages. Higher wages drive down profit. What happens is firms stop investing as much because the profit goes down. Okay, profits go down, capital goes down, output goes down, the employment ratio goes down, wages don't rise as fast, and you create the cycle. Okay, very fucking similar to the predator prey model, which is big in system dynamics. It's like a primer model to learn system dynamics. Well, Richard Goodwin's a growth cycle is a primer to understand the business cycle. And that is the business cycle. Now you're saying, well, what about government spending? That will change the amplitude of the cycle, but it won't take the root cycle away. So let's say you're going on the upswing in the business cycle. So output is going up. The government decides to spend. So output goes is going up. Well, now it's going to go up a little faster. But it also means it's going to drive up wages a little bit faster. It means it drives down profit a little bit faster. It means it drives down investment a little bit faster. It means it drives down capital. And then the cycle actually gets a little more rapid. It changes the amplitude of the oscillation. And it would change if you did it on the downside. So now you're on the downside. Profits are going up, actually, in, in this situation as on the downside. Wages are going down. Profit is going up. The government decides to spend. Okay, that drives up profit even more, which drives up capital, which reverses, ultimately should reverse the business cycle. And if you could do it mathematically precisely, Trust me, we've already discussed. I put out shorts. I put out a whole nother fucking podcast episode on this. And politicians are not fucking precise. I'll say it again. But if we could do that, we might be able to smooth out the business cycle over time. It would have to be done just right so it was turned off so there wouldn't be any inflation. Now, you can add in imports and exports to that. And it's the same thing. Injecting at different times in the cycle will change the amplitude in different ways. But the cycle still exists. It is a feature of capitalism. It will always be there. Can we come up with government spending that changes the oscill- tightens the oscillation? I think we can. But we're going to take smart. it's going to take smart fucking people in power and politics, not the idiots that are in right now. Maybe that's strong language. And on that note, you can find me on Twitter at Ty Keens. You can find me on YouTube. You're watching this on YouTube. It's at Ty Keens. You can help support my model building. I'm building a really big, large aggregate model called stock flow, monetary dynamics. You can help, you know, that research by funding me on my Patreon. Thank you to all the people that have subscribed to my Patreon. You know, at this point, I was, at first, I was going to say different levels and you'll get different size models from me. But you know where I'm going with this is whatever you can afford, that's good enough. You're going to get everything. If you can afford more, if you're living really good, great. Donate some more in which some of you have super appreciate it probably going to get you on this podcast maybe the after show of the Stephen friends um podcast which is called still friends 
after the show. You can see that every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific time in North America. That would be 5 p.m. in the UK. It would be 6 p.m. in Europe. Central Europe? Uh, Use Google to figure that out. But yeah, you can find me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Tykeens. And if you just want an aggregate view of me, you can go to tykeens.com. I have model downloads there, a catalog of all my podcasts, catalog of all my blog posts. I do a mostly free blog posts on my Patreon. I'm not making people pay for it. Um, I might do a few special ones, you know, pertaining to my model, which is, I'd say, still quite uh, proprietary in a lot of ways. It's a secret, but I'm willing to share that with the people that are supporting me. Back to the business cycle. I get attacked for laying out simple mathematics. Simple mathematics that you can't argue with like the endogenous behavior between capitalists and workers or firms interchangeable with capitalists with workers or with the, the monetary aspect of it, profit and wages, right? There's that constant oscillation, right? Because the market is imperfect. There's no such thing as a perfect market. There's no such thing as telling the future perfectly and making all the right decisions. Mainstream fucking bullshit. That doesn't really happen. What does happen is an oscillation of going to one extreme too far and then back down to the other extreme. Now, in relation to the predator-prey model, um, wages and workers are actually the predator. If you were to just uh, change all the variable names and make it a predator-prey model which is kind of funny. It's, it's not because in the real world, uh, us workers certainly don't feel like the predators. We certainly interpret it the other way around that the capitalists are the predators. And I think from a moral normative standpoint, that's about right. I hate to break it to you, But adjusting public spending is not going to end the business cycle unless you are absolutely perfect. And are we anywhere close to being absolutely perfect in any of our democratic nations? Certainly not here in Canada. There's a huge divide now between conservatism and liberals, which I think they're both kind of a little bit tight to the right. And that includes down in the States. They certainly can't get their house in order. We've watched the debt ceiling thing for a couple months now. You think they're anywhere close to having perfect mathematical models that are, you know, operating government spending, targeting in the right places in the private sector, or even in the right places in the public, public sector? I think not. I understand why there's activists out there. I get that. I can see why it's so fucking frustrating. I see it from a mathematical perspective. So I, I'm not a big, big on uh, activism because unless we do 
some serious, serious things. I can't say on YouTube. Even I have a filter. I can fucking swear, but there are some things I, I can't say. Unless we're w- willing to go that far. Activism is just talk. And if it's just talk, it's just politics. But I get why people are angry. And I think there's a place for activism. I think we got to keep pushing that message. But we got to make sure that message is right. And as an activist, and what I've noticed, I'm not an activist, but what I've noticed is what activists do is they get trapped in a paradigm, a specific bubble. And that bubble becomes their world of activism. And they don't look at the big picture. They don't look at other people's human needs. And they think their needs, because they are being wronged, is everybody's needs. Everybody is very complex. So we can't even get together in activism. So how do we expect our politicians to ever get together in politics? It's sad. It's sad because there are people that are homeless that don't need to be homeless. Homeless people often have to cope. They cope with drugs and alcohol. They don't have to be in that situation. We chastise them. We say, well, you must be a broken person. We fucking broke them. Collectively, we're all responsible. Activists, politicians, lawyers, judges, police, common worker. We're all in this. We're not innocent. Children are innocent. Adults are not innocent anymore. We're all in this. We're all, we all own a piece of that responsibility. So if you are an activist, great. Keep doing it. You have my support. But remember, you being an activist comes from living in a capitalist society. Benefit from some people being on the bottom. So you get a voice. It's ironic. It's an ironic situation. So I don't say stop being an activist, you know, to try to change our system, our economic system, our social system. But just keep in mind the privileges you have to be an activist how lucky you are to speak out against the injustices. And a lot of that's based on that you're a little bit higher up the social uh, status ladder. Just remember that. Remember to be thoughtful of other people's opinions. You may not agree with them, but you may gain insights from them. But if you choose to ignore them or attack them, Or say, you're fucking wrong. That doesn't make sense. It blows my fucking mind. If you choose to do that, you will stagnate. I don't do that. I like Steve Keen. But I also like Warren Mosley. I'll even like Paul Krugman sometimes. 
just a little bit. Let's not get carried away here. Larry Summers, he can go fuck himself. Paul Krugman, okay, I like him a little bit. So I'm open. You know, I'm open. Minsky, Goodwin. Win Godley. Keynes. Milton Friedman had, you know, a good hairline for a bald guy. I'll give him that. You know, if I ever go bald, which I don't, I don't think, you know, if you're going to watch the, the live version of this podcast, I've got nice thick Irish hair. I don't think I'm going to go bald. But if I was going to go bald, I would look to Milton Friedman for his hairline. But not his fucking economics. Let's just summarize here. Capital divided by the capital output ratio equals output. Output divided by productivity, labor productivity, equals labor. Labor divided by the population equals your employment ratio. Feed that into a Phillips curve, if that's what you want to call it. That gives you an employment multiplier, employment uh, wage change multiplier. You multiply that wage change with your wage level, and you get your wage bill, aggregate wages. You take output, you minus aggregate wages. What do you get? You get your profit. We'll assume in this simple model, which we know it's not real, but it doesn't change the dynamics, that all profits are invested. You integrate investment to the capital stock. It's a stock, investment's a flow. Dollars is a stock. Investment is the flow. So capital is the stock, unit of dollars, investment, dollars per year. You can integrate that with the stock, right? It's a flow. It's got to have a time dimension. <sighs> this really fucking bothers me as economics fails with time. And I mean, from a modeling perspective, they do not understand time. You cannot do period to period. Just because you get your data period to period doesn't explain the system. Doesn't. You can't study acceleration. So that's a change. Um, so let's say uh, wages are going up and then they go up faster. Right? That's the study of acceleration. You can't study that between uh, monthly periods or quarterly per- periods. That's not what that's not the economy doesn't, you know, January 1st. Okay, there's our data, and let's stop everything. Nothing happens until April 1st. Nothing happened. Oh, and we got our data. Somehow, we got data. It's because a bunch of shit happened in between. Economists simply are mismanaging their models because of time. They don't know how to model time. Use difference equations as opposed to ordinary Differential equations. It's bad stuff. Really bad stuff. Well, it's been another podcast already. Did I swear a bit more this week? Yeah, I did. But I was a little bit pissed off by a few things. But I hope you kind of got an idea of what the business cycle is. It doesn't discount that government spending will change the amplitude. It has an effect. 
And if it's done at the right time in the cycle, it can be a positive effect. All right? But at the core of our economic systems, Western nations, and a lot of Eastern nations, is the class struggle between capitalism, capitalists and workers. That is at the center of it all. Unless we go into another economic system, whatever that may be, communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it, this is going to be, it is a feature of capitalism, the business cycle. How can we manage it? If that's the system we choose to live under, how can we manage it so people are not homeless or dying or addicted to drugs or alcohol because they can't cope with being at the bottom of the social ladder? Because I sure as fuck couldn't. I'd become an alcoholic and drug addict too. You can find me on Twitter at Tykeens. You can find me on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe to my channel. Like the video. You can find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, all that shit. If you're a big-time podcaster, you know all the names. You can find them everywhere. or the podcast everywhere. Uh, check out my site, tykeens.com. It's got all my information kind of all put together in one spot. And I put out my blogs on patreon.com slash tykeens. You can support me there if you want. Like I said, I'll, I'll give out my work to any pay level. Uh, you know, I've got four on there. The lowest one is $2.50 Canadian. Should be like a $2 or less than $2 American. $2, two pounds, you know, UK. You care? <laughs> uh, thanks, Phil. Phil's uh, one of my newer Patreon. Well, I've had a few since, but um, he's Irish. Shout him out. You know, we met on Twitter in awkward circumstances because I can be quite opinionated. But, I've, you know, grown to like, he's quite, he's quite opinionated too. Phil Waller? I believe your last name's Waller. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um. <sighs> couple other people i should bring up my list next week i'm going to start actually maybe listing you know shouting out my patreon members i'll have to ask them you know is that appropriate do you want so i do that on the steve keen show with the the um steve keen and friends all the um top chatters from the previous week maybe we can do that on this show but like for patreon members um Anyways, yeah, find me there. 